there. This is the Africa Blogging Podcast, and my name is Daniel Ominde. In this particular episode, we want to focus on Kenya's proposed finance bill 2023, which has caused quite a massive uproar in the country, with the majority of the citizens accusing the administration of President William Ruto of being insensitive to their plight and not reacting or not adjusting the proposals in the country's 2023-2024 um, financial budget to the realities of the current economic um, status of the country, which is currently characterized by a high inflation rates and a general increase in the cost of living. Among the proposals that Kenyans are having an issue with is a proposal of a 3% housing levy that will now be deducted from the salaries of every Kenyan who has a pay slip. Employers will also be required to match the contributions by their employees. The contributions are however capped at 5,000 shillings, which is about 360 US dollars going by the present rates. The government is also proposing an adjustment to the VAT on petroleum products from the current 8% to 16% in the new finance bill. Digital content creators or influencers will also now be paying taxes. If the bill is passed, corporates doing business with content creators or influencers will be required by law to deduct or withhold um, 15% of their pay and remit it to the taxman as digital services tax. Just this morning, I joined the Central Breakfast team on Nigeria's uh, News Central TV to put all this into perspective. Here now is part of that conversation on News Central TV in Nigeria. Tuesday the 6th of June as they protested the cost of living crisis and a new finance bill set to implement fresh or increased taxes. These tax critics believe will pile more economic hardship on ordinary people. Kenyan police fired tear gas and arrested 11 protesters during the smash. The proposed legislation calls for new or increased taxes on a wide range of items including fuel and food as well as beauty products, cryptocurrencies and social media influencers. Now, protesters chanted, down, down, finance bill, as a group of about 100 marched towards Parliament, which resumed on Tuesday after a recess, and is expected to debate the legislation this week. Now, joining us is Daniel Ominde, is a lead editor, Africa Blog, and is going to be giving us uh, more updates on this situation. Daniel, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. Now, let's talk about this finance bill. You know, some of the things that, of course, it's going to be increasing taxation on. It also includes social media blogging. It's pretty interesting. Um, can you share insights on, on, you know, what this really entails and why Kenyans might be upset about this? Well, the finance bill 2023 uh, proposes a raft of increases in a number of taxes and levies. And... Um, I'll just mention some that have really received outrageous, uh, or rather, uh, uh, acrimony across uh, members of the public in Kenya, saying that we already faced a situation where the cost of living is very high. Uh, they expected this particular government having, um, you know, campaigned on a platform of being able to reduce the cost of living, complaining that the cost of living under the previous regime was very high, and that the citizenry were overtaxed. Then, then just coming in to make things was if not maintaining some of those at, at, the, at the same level that they were in during the previous administration. So, for instance, this government in the last administration, um, I mean, the, the current politicians who make up this government, including the president, 
in the last administration, they were very vehemently opposed to the inclusion of VAT in petroleum products, which at that point was rated at um, 8%. And this is something that they, you know, went to political rallies, spoke about, and even opposed in parliament. Okay, we're hoping that we can reconnect with Daniel Lominde to talk about some of the challenges that the Finance Bill 2023 has posed in Kenya. A number of things have, of course, been highlighted. There's a 15% increase in tax for digital creators, and that will be social media influencers. Uh, so basically, imagine that you had to do an ad. The government keeps 15% for withholding, as withholding tax. There's also so an increase. Right the cost of living. All right. I believe we have, Daniel, are we connected back to you? We're having some challenges with your audio, so we'd like you to please... Speak a little louder or bring your microphone closer to your mouth. Thank you. Okay. So please go ahead. You're highlighting to us, you know, some of the big uh, points that the Finance Bill 2023 is set to, you know, cause a change in. So the main one that I highlighted was the VAT or petroleum product, which will have an open effect on the economy. This is something that the country um, had been against uh, even in the past regime when the past uh, government proposed that they were going to increase that particular charge to 8%. So the current administration is proposing to increase that particular charge to 8% to 16%, which normal then feel that's really not um, conducive uh, uh, in the current, um, the current status of the economy, where the prices of everything else is increasing. You mentioned there um, the VAT on bloggers and social media, um, people who make money are living out of social media. Yes, that is another um, proposal that has been made in this particular uh, uh, finance bill. And that is because there is really an explosion of uh, quite a large number of young people who are making money off you know, social media platforms, as influencers, as content creators. And the government feels that they need to widen the tax base. And that is one of the things that they have been told, that they have been really concentrating on deepening the tax base instead of widening. So in terms of widening, they are trying to bring in um, you know, sectors of the economy that were previously not taxed and bringing them into the tax bracket. What they are currently saying is that um, they are, um, they want, they have to produce a tax called digital tax, digital services tax. So digital services tax is proposed to be at 15, uh, at 15% of whatever the pay amount is going to be. The president recently had um, a meeting with uh, digital content creators at State House and they agreed to actually, you know, implement this in gradual phases. So we are likely going to see that, you know, tax reduced from 15% uh, to probably 8%, and then it's increased in a gradual basis. So how this particular tax is going to be applied, there's been a bit of misconception about that. It applies only to those uh, content creators who work with corporate. So when the corporates are paying you, um, you know, for the work that you've done for them, they will be withholding that, you know, 15, whatever, uh, 15%, um, or whatever it is going to be amended to become later on, and uh, channeling that to the government, to the tax agency. The last one that I want to highlight, which is what the current, you know, huge debate is currently about, is the, is the housing levy, which has been introduced on all salaried employees. All salaried employees in Kenya, if this particular finance bill passed, will from July passed, be expected to part with um, uh, 3% of their gross pay to fund the government's affordable housing product. All right. Um, of course, I still haven't, you know, bits of um, 
the struggles with the communication there, of course, with the connection rather there from uh, Daniel Lominge. Uh, we're discussing, of course, this new finance bill in Kenya. Uh, Daniel, if you can hear us clearly, can you go on? Yes. Right, Sorry. Please, so please. I, I'm yeah, go ahead. So the, the, the other issue I was talking about is the, um, the housing levy, which is the current, uh, the main issue that's actually causing a massive uproar across the country. The government is proposing to impose a mandatory um, 3% housing levy on, on gross salary for all salaried employees in the country. And these are not just government employees, even um, this is even affecting employees in, in the private sector. So essentially, if you have a pay slip, you'll be expected to part with 3% of your gross pay, and that will go towards the affordable um, you know, housing in, in a charge that's called the housing levy. There is, however, a cap to the maximum uh, that you're supposed to pay, which is this, this has been capped to about 5,000 shilling, Kenya shillings. This is about around 4 or 4.5 US dollars. Uh, and then an employers, um, employers are also supposed to match the employee contribution. So if I'm contributing 5,000 shillings, Kenya shillings, my employer will also have to pay 5,000 Kenya shillings to match my, uh, my contribution. And the government says that, you know, this will have to contribute this seven years. At the end of seven years, you'll decide if you want to use that money as a deposit for your, you know, for your affordable housing or you want to withdraw it. If you elect to withdraw it at a particular point, then that amount of money that you're going to be withdrawing is going to be taxed again. So some people are also complaining about, you know, the element of double taxation in that. But there's also a general lack of clarity in terms of how this particular housing levy fund is going to be applied to the benefit of the masses. The number of politicians are, who have vowed to vote against this finance even from the president's own um, administration, no, on, on party administration, the opposition has whipped the members of parliament and advised them to vote against this particular finance bill. It is hugely unpopular across the country. But the government has also you know, threatened you know, uh, members of parliament that those who vote against this particular bill will face various repercussions, including you know, uh, their constituencies losing on some development projects. And so there's a lot of um, you know, fear among the politicians uh, or members of parliament, but also among the electorate. But we've also seen um, you know, the civil society come out strongly, and that's what you've seen in the demonstrations that you showed in, in, in your clip earlier. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a current uh, senator who was a former, a very active member of the civil society, um, who's already gone to court um, uh, under a certificate of urgency at the high court and filed a petition challenging this particular um, finance bill uh, and of course on the grounds that it's unconstitutional and flawed various provisions of the constitution of Kenya. Okay. <clears throat> um, it's interesting how you mentioned how uh, President William Ruto has vows to deal with those who oppose the bill. He has mandated, he has suggested, or I don't know if it's, suggest, if it's mandated or suggested, an open ballot for the finance bill 2023. And we've seen a number of people who have spoken up. Uh, we've seen uh, the MP for Momias East has come out to say he's going to reject it even openly. What does it say about, you know, the administration, the character and the person of President William Ruto, especially seen as he came into power based on the promise to make life better for the poor? There were a lot of uh, poor people that were hoping that things were going to get better, but it does seem that right now that's not looking like it. So, what does it say about President William Ruto's character and his government? Well, we think um, William Ruto sort of that, and the things that he is doing right now are the same things that he was uh, complaining against when he was the deputy president. 
but after he fell out with the former president, uh, Uhuru Kenyatta, the president accused uh, the former president of, you know, running the country like it's a dictatorship. He accused, you know, the former president of bulldozing his way through parliament uh, by buying off um, members of parliament from the opposition and so on and so forth. But in terms of his character, the first, you know, the, the few months that he's been president, he's done exactly the same things that he's been accusing um, his former president of. Former, former president of. He's brought, he's, you know, he's brought in members of the opposition into his, um, you know, I mean, into his, uh, into his caucus. He's also, you know, um, working with threats and intimidation, especially towards members of his own party who are against, um, you know, some of the decisions that they've made, especially this particular finance bill. When the members of party are saying that they're going to listen to their constituents, tell them their party, he's telling them uh, on Sunday he particularly said he's watching and he wants to see which particular members of parliament are going to vote against this administration. His deputy president, um, Honorable Rigati Gachagua, was saying that the particular members who will vote against this, this um, uh, finance bill are going to face, you know, unspecified consequences, which include their, um, you know, being denied, you know, access to, you know, uh, government development in the areas of that presentation. And we see that that is a bit um, dictatorial because we, we are in a democratic system of government and the members of parliament are representatives and they're supposed to, you know, adhere to the wishes of their electorate who they represent um, in parliament. But in this case, we are seeing that them being, you know, you know, bulldozed into agreeing um, with the government position, even when the government position is... Uh, no, like viewed as wrong, but also viewed as very punitive and kind of unbearable um, if you look at the current state of the economy in the country. All right, Daniel. Um, all right, I think Oliver still wants to throw in something. Yeah, just one more. Let's just talk about, you know, the protest, the protest angle to this. We've seen 11 arrested. What's the way forward? You know, what's the government doing about it? What's being said about the protest? Well, the government, uh, when you see them arresting people, they say the process are not, you know, um, properly constituted. They say they are illegal. We we yet to see those who were arrested yesterday brought before court and see what they're charged with. But also the position is saying that given the government one week to put their house in order, we are likely to see this protest intensify, especially if the members of parliament really go ahead and pass the, you know, the very unpopular bill as it is. Then we are going to see more protests, uh, more legal actions, uh, the freedoms of parliament, and they could probably be worse than what we've seen um, uh, during the you know the first half of the year when they were more political than economic. But now that everybody's feeling uh, the pinch of this particular proposal, then we might even have you know uh, the workers' union, you know, the labor unions, and and you know general members of the public just you know coming in to you know support the street protest. So. We are here just watching this as that unfold, and um, yeah, we will, we will see how it goes. Yeah, um, if you can, quickly in 30 seconds, does William Ruto have no choice but to push forward with this bill? Uh, because we, we, of course, read yesterday that the sugar and unga and other prices are you know, also going to be go expected to, to rise. Um, so is he being insensitive to what the economic situation is like in Kenya with this bill, or... Does he have no other choice to, you know, than to push this in order to maybe raise more money for the Kenyan economy? Well, uh, I think the challenge that President Ruto has is that he made a lot of promises to the people of Kenya. But to some extent, also, he also made promises you know, to investors and you know, some of the people who backed up back his campaign. 
and it's time to give back to them by through you know some of these development projects and so on and so forth. And to be able to you know to fund you know the you know some of the projects that he wanted to fund, his ambitious you know development plan, you know he needs a lot of money to do that. And currently the ex um, currently you know the exchequer is not bringing collecting you know as much revenue through, through um, I mean the tax the tax money is not collecting so much through taxes. So one he wants to widen the tax. But also in widening, in trying to get more taxes, it's not just only widening the tax base and bringing in people who are not previously paying taxes. It's also deepening that 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 tax, the current taxes that we have, such that the same people are overtaxed, and and people have complained about him, you know, milking the same cow over and over until that cow is going to you know run dry or even die because there's no enough time to regenerate. And right. so I think that is um, a challenge that he has to sort of challenge that he has to balance um, with his current administration. All right, Daniel, thanks a lot for your time this morning. Nice microphone, by the way. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we hope to speak with you again. Thank you for having me. Okay. Now let's move the conversation away from Kenya. Now. That segment of the interview or of the breakfast show was put together by News Central TV's Elizabeth Musa, who I really want to pass my appreciation and gratitude to. And please accept my apologies for the background noises. Um, they could have been uh, distorting at some point. Um, some of the dangers that come with working from home. So kindly bear with me on that and apologies. And I also want to apologize for erroneously um, saying that the 5,000 Kenya shillings that's been um, capped as the maximum you can contribute to the housing levy is equivalent to 4.5 US dollars. Forgive me for that. The real value, like I said earlier in the intro, um, is 360 US dollars if you're going by the current exchange rates. Remember to like us, follow us, and tell your friends and families about us. You can get this podcast from anywhere that you get your, your podcast from. And also, don't forget to check us out on our website that is www.africa. Sorry, www.blogging.africa. On Twitter, we are at Blogging Africa. And of course, you can find us on Facebook. That's just simply Africa Blogging. My name is Daniel Ominde. This podcast is a production of the Africa Blogging Network, the international blogger network that features a plurality of voices and views supporting democratic culture and debate in sub-Sahara Africa. The Africa Blogging Network is affiliated with Cast Media Africa, a program of the Conrad Adenio Stiftung. The views expressed in this podcast do not in any way represent the views of Africa Blogging as a network or its partner organizations. Mm-hmm.